2: And then I I looked down at my face.
3: Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys
0: No, it does not. I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.
3: Welcome to New York.
2: The Devils' Devil's State State of Mind Mind podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Podcast
0: Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano. (laughs) Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils' State of Mind podcast. Here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. This episode is coming on the week of Monday, November 22nd, 2020. We always have exciting topics and we've had some great guests come on and this week is certainly no exception, is I had two very special guests that joined me on this week's edition, and I will be introducing both of them. And we'll start with my first interview that happened about a week ago. I had the pleasure of interviewing the New Jersey Devils' fifth-round selection this year in the 2020 NHL Draft UConn commit, Artem Schlain. He was very, very excited to come on the podcast. We talked about his journey of coming from Russia and playing in the United States, learning the culture, learning the language, learning this different type of hockey, and also just you know how he did when he played for you know Shattuck-St. Mary's, and also his decision on going to UConn, and also we talked about his reaction and his feelings being drafted by the New Jersey Devils. So it was a great interview. As I mentioned before on social media, Artem is a great kid. He's very polite. He's very mature. And I have a feeling that this kid will be a New Jersey Devil in the near future. I have a lot of high hopes for this kid. And I really think that he has the the makings to do it. So I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy this great interview with the New Jersey Devils fifth round selection from this year's draft, forward Artem Schlein. All right, Devils fans. We have another very special guest joining us today, as today we are joined by the fifth round selection of the New Jersey Devils this year in year 2020 and it is none other than forward Artem Schlain. Artem, first of all, welcome to the New Jersey Devils family. We are really excited to have you and also how are you doing today?
2: Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me over here and yeah, it's great to be a part of such an awesome organization as the Devils.
0: Well, we are certainly excited to, you know, have you on this organization and also to watch you, you know, especially playing in college hockey. We know that the season for some has kind of started and it's slowly but surely getting there. And we're also still waiting for this NHL season to kind of begin. But we really do appreciate you taking some time to speak with us today. And, and we'll just jump right into my first question to you is that you are from Russia and you grew up in an area that is known to have some of the most well-known NHL players of all time, you know. Alexander Ovechkin, uh, you know, you have other guys like Pavel Bure, you have a couple of, you know, Devils that played, Sergei Breland, Anton Volchenkov, you know, and obviously now, uh, you know, current New Jersey Devil, Nikita Gusev. Talk to us about some of the players that you grew up idolizing when you were a kid.
2: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of great players that came from like, you know, that Russian hockey school, I guess. Uh, And, I, I, yeah, I was born in Russia and I played in Russia till I was 15 years old. So uh, I've been watching a lot of the, you know, KHL games and, you know, that lockout season uh, that Alex Ovechkin came back. And some right. in, 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 even NHL players not from Russia, like Nicholas Backstrom,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: because I live in Moscow. So I got to watch Ovechkin because he played for the team I was playing. uh Dynamo Moscow with Nicholas Bakshin so that was exciting to bring you know some of the NHL hockey to Russia but uh my favorite player was Pavel Datsuk since Mm. I started playing hockey I kind of was watching the Red Wings a lot uh as you know and uh the Russian Five right and I recently read a book and also watched a movie on that and I think it's I recommend it for sure it's a great great one. yeah, so Pao Datsuk, you know, his creativity on the ice and uh, his ability to make plays all around. Um, obviously his hands. Uh, so, yeah, that's. I think he's a well-rounded player and he's fun to watch for sure.
0: He is called the magic man for a reason. There is no question about that. Uh, fun fact, actually, Artem, in, in case you didn't know, uh, for about a year, the Devils actually had his rights. Um, they acquired his rights, I think, from... I believe it was either Arizona or Florida had his rights at the time. You know, he was obviously back in Russia, but he was still technically right. a player, but the Devils had his rights. And I remember a lot of us were kind of wondering if he would end up, you know, coming back to the NHL and playing for the Devils. We thought that would have been really cool, but obviously, uh, you know, growing up, idolizing someone like that is, uh is certainly a great player to idolize yourself. Now, my, my next question to you is talking about, again, this player that I mentioned before, current New Jersey Devil uh, winger Nikita Gusev. Do you know very much about Gusev? Um, do you know him on a personal level? Uh, have you watched him play in New Jersey? Like, I know that obviously having some players from your country obviously makes it a little bit more, you know, relaxing because maybe you can get some advice from them. Do you have any sort of relationship or anything with Nikita Gusev?
2: Yeah. Uh- well, I don't know him personally, but it's kind of, I guess, a fun fact that uh, Nikita Gusev played with uh, Nikita Kutrov on mm. at, in youth hockey okay. with like for a certain coach that mm. coached a team that we played against a lot when I was playing youth hockey in Russia. Okay, they're from like a town nearby, uh, nearby Moscow. So, and we had like really good games against them. They're like the we were the top two teams in Russia and we've been playing a lot against each other. So that coach coached both of them. So that's kind of, you know, a fun fact, I guess. And uh, when you go on the ice, you it kind of goes through your head that right. that guy kind of raised two of the most skilled players in the NHL, I think as of right now. Um, obviously, yeah, Gusev is a great player and he played in St. Petersburg before mm-hmm. uh, going to New Jersey. Right. And, I got to watch him play uh, on TV and then whenever uh, they played Dynamo in yeah. Moscow, uh, me and my dad, my brother, we would always go watch the games. And yeah, he was really like, you know, uh, like, a, like a person to watch on the SKA team,
0: mm.
2: like one of the most uh, skilled guys in the KHL at that time. And yeah, I think he's doing well in New Jersey right now.
0: He certainly is. Uh, You know, he actually has gotten a couple of nicknames already. He, I had, he had what I consider to be a very solid first year playing NHL hockey, because obviously, and and you would know this, that the ranks in Europe are a lot wider and a lot bigger than in the NHL. It's a lot more condensed. You can't maneuver as much. So obviously it's a, it's a change of not only the style you play, but also the culture as well. And, you know, I, I had the uh, fortunes of meeting Goose, and he's, he's a very, nice individual. He's still learning his English as we, as we speak, but uh, the Devils for many years, especially involving um, guys from, you know, the the Soviet hockey team, you know, Fatisov in particular, they're very, you know, the Devils have always really loved, you know, Russian players in that, and that country. So it's just great to add another uh, Russian player like Gusev and also like yourself. Um, my, My next question to you is this, you came over to the United States about three years ago. What made you decide that you wanted to continue your, your hockey career playing here in the United States?
2: Yeah, I get that question a lot about you know, just moving from a hockey country, you know what considered a really you know one of the best hockey countries in the world, to another hockey country, and like right. kind of switching the same for like the same amount, I guess, mm-hmm. but the reason why was I've been thinking, my family's been thinking when I turned 14 years old, and it's kind of like the hockey wasn't like started. Uh, being on another level and it's not like you've hockey anymore it's kind of you're going up and you have a chance to you know uh earn money playing hockey right and it's kind of it can be your lifestyle one day so we started thinking about better opportunities and what can we do to uh like i guess increase our chances of doing that and the other reason was uh education because in Russia, when as you grow up, when you're like 14, 15 years old, practices start at the same time as your yeah. school, and it's not related. There's nothing like uh, prep schools or colleges. Yeah. There's none of that in Russia. Like School is separate with your hockey. Okay. So um, we've decided that to continue my hockey and my school, education it would be better to move to the U.S. because in U.S. people combine both and you know they same that's why I picked the college route right because you get your degree while also playing hockey you know and obviously the goal is to play in the best league in the world in the NHL Yep. but there's a lot of circumstances that like it might not happen so you have to be ready for everything so getting your degree is very important.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I can speak also about you know I've had the privilege of talking to you know athletes from other from other sports you know football, baseball, basketball, and they all have that same saying that you that you just said you know it's it's obviously it's your main goal to want to play at the highest profession you could possibly play at in the sport that you're playing, but also you want to continue to have you know that education as you know your backup so that you can you know continue to you know progress if hockey doesn't work out or whatever you're doing sports wise. So I like that. And that's very interesting. And I also like the fact that you brought up, you know, kind of like, you know, a little bit of like what the culture is like in Russia, because I think a lot of people here in the United States are even to this day, very curious. And when we say, when we talk about Russian hockey here in the States, the first thing that we talk about all the time is the KHL. You know, we, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of SK St. Petersburg. Uh, I watch a lot of KHL hockey. Um, We actually have several players on loan right now in New Jersey playing in the KHL. Uh, Igor Sharangovich from Belarus has been absolutely lighting it up in the KHL. I think he got his, like, 13th goal today or earlier earlier today. But, um, no, it's it's great that, you know, you, you kind of explained that because I think some people would like to know what that experience was like. Now, my next question to you, you know, revolving from my second question was, what made you decide that you wanted to play for Shattuck St. Mary's? Because that's a very big – hockey school here in the United States we've had some great players um Sidney Crosby I think Jonathan Tays also played there for a little while a couple other you well, know, obviously
2: a big New Jersey guy Zach Parise
0: exactly very good very I, I like that you have your devil's history that's <laughs> important that'll trust me trust me on that will go a long way with the fans trust me on that so I'm glad you brought that up but yeah talk to us about what made you decide to want to go play there
2: um you know, uh, when moving from Russia, you know it's hard like because I didn't have like an advisor like anything like that, so you know, and I'm fourteen years old, like a little kid, and who's gonna take a little kid in another country to play hockey right uh so it's kind of was my dad was being my advisor for a while, I guess, so what we did is simple is uh we contacted some teams that we looked at and were interested in and sent them like a couple of my games and like a highlight video, Mm -hmm. my grades obviously and kind of an email saying like what I am and describing myself, you know, so they can know me better. Um, And some teams reached, reached, many teams reached out uh, back to us. And obviously the um, financial situation is a big part Mm -hmm. because um, obviously the money is a big factor and Youth hockey, I believe in you in the U.S. especially. So um, the option that we picked, well, Shattuck was one of the options, but uh because of the financial situation, uh my family just couldn't afford it. Right. Uh, so um, and whenever that came up, Shattuck came up. Everyone knows Shattuck; it's kind of like the Harvard of hockey.
3: Right. Exactly. So
2: I really wanted to go there right away, and that didn't happen. So. Uh, my second option was South Florida Hockey Academy, which is located in Florida, which where I played my first year of U.S. hockey. And I think that helped me a lot, that transition, because that team was uh, – origin- like, it was created by Ole Jokinen, Thomas Valcone, mm-hmm. um, and former NHL players that they know what they're talking about pretty much, if saying simple. Um, and half of the team was European, like Swedish guys, some Finnish guys, some Czech guys. Mm -hmm. We even had a German, a Swiss guy, myself, a Russian guy. Right. And you know that transition, when you're being with the same people, kind of, you're all in the same boat that none of you guys, none of us spoke good English, so we all had to learn and kind of adapt to the hockey culture, to just culture in general of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it helped me learn English a lot because I didn't have any Russians, like, on my side. Yeah. So I'll just, you know, talk to my parents when I can on the phone. But other than that, I had to, like, learn English quick to understand the coach, the teachers, all of that. Yeah. But after that year, um, coach from Shattuck reached out to my dad and uh, said that they would be excited if I could play for them. You know, and that was – my family was really excited about it huh. because that's kind of kind of a dream come true. So, you know, we didn't even think about it and picked Shattuck right away. So I ended up there and coming there, it's like, it's a different culture. You know, Uh, all the guys are stronger, faster, and Mm -hmm. every guy that comes to Shattuck at some point was like, you know, kind of leading scorer, I guess, or like one of the best players on their team.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So everyone's competing in for that spot, you know, for Mm -hmm. a spot on a power play or it's a spot like on the first line. So it's a really competitive environment that you have to adapt to. So it was crazy. My first year, I got to play with such good guys as uh, Jackson Lacombe, who got drafted to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Then Brendan Brisson got drafted to Vegas in the first round. And some other guys that uh, I learned a lot from. You know, what I really
0: loved about everything you said was was this. You talked about the fact that, obviously, it was somewhat of a culture shock for you coming over here to the United States and playing, you know, with a bunch of guys that also were in the same boat as you you know, not really knowing the the language and trying to understand it. And I think that that's great. And I remember when you were actually being interviewed by Amanda Stein, uh, who obviously covers the Devils and you were doing your, you know, interview after you got drafted, a lot of people that I was talking to said that your English is impeccable. Like it's tremendous how well it is. So I wanted to give you credit for, you know, how, you know, really good your English is. So that was, that was something that I wanted to, to say to you that I think you're doing a fantastic job with that, by the way. Thank you. Um, I also, you know, just like, you know, your whole story and you seem, you know, you, you, it seems like since you were young, you've had this, you've always seemed to be one step ahead and that you understood exactly where you wanted to go, what place you knew was going to be the right fit for you. And, you know, this past year when you were with, at Shattuck, you absolutely dominated on the ice. You 26 goals, 52 assists, 78 points. That was the first thing that stood out to me uh, when I first heard your name and when you got drafted. Um, you know, and that was something that I was really, really impressed with. Now, obviously, the next step was that you decided you were going to commit to UConn, which UConn is considered to be another one of those big time schools when it comes to college hockey. I've had the pleasure of watching plenty of college hockey, I've been to a couple of UConn games. Actually, they played a couple of games in New Jersey uh, for a tournament a couple of years back. What made you decide that you wanted to commit to the Huskies?
2: Um, you know, I think. A lot of guys do, you know, commit to schools early because of kind of that, if I can call it hype, you know, and I kind of made that, I guess, made that mistake as well, mm-hmm. uh, because firstly, I was committed to BU. Okay. Um, I committed there um two a year, uh, year and a half ago, I believe. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of may- maybe, yeah, year and a half, I okay. think. So I did that, and then uh, after this, like, quarantine spring, uh, they called me and they said that, you know, you should play years of, year of juniors. And uh, I actually visited a UConn, like, on the same kind of – not on the same day, but on the same weekend. I visited mm-hmm. BU, and I liked UConn a lot too. So whenever that happened, then, uh I decided I don't want to play college hockey – so when UConn reached out to me, it was kind of late in the process. And, you know, I picked UConn right away because I think it's more about, and I what I realized during the summer, you know, about college hockey, and it's kind of like little advice for, you know, the people, the players who's about to commit or thinking about what college they should go to. Uh-huh. You know, it's not about who's the f- number one or who has the most NHL draft picks, who has the most NHL players active, something like that. It's about confidence, and when you're confident, you play your best hockey. When Mm -hmm. the coaches trust you, you play your best hockey. You have the minutes. You have to like the guys around you because, and you have to play with good, uh, really good guys to so they can make you better. You make them better. You have to play against uh, the best guys. So I think Hockey East is a really good offensive conference, and uh, probably one of the best conferences uh, in college hockey. I'd say, like great teams player and great players uh, every year go to the NHL from hockey East. So Mm -hmm. uh, playing at UConn, I think it's going to help me a lot to uh, get to the next level as soon as possible when I'm ready.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, I was, as I said before, it always seems like you're one step ahead, you know exactly what you're looking for. And I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, it's all about, it's it's really about confidence with, with players and it's about, you know, do you feel confident here? Do you feel confident there? And you know, obviously, even if you pick the top school in the nation, there might not be a guarantee that you get good ice time right away. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you know, going to a place like UConn is still a big-time school, and you're playing in the Hockey East, which is a very competitive, competitive, you know, conference, and that's that's really good. And, and I'm happy that you know you you are happy with your choice. And um, obviously, you know, we're all excited to see you play uh, once you guys really get underway. Now, my my next question is somewhat of a two-parter but it's really one question is this what are your goals while you're at UConn what are your goals both on the ice and also academically
2: um you know like you said uh that you think I'm a step ahead of everything and kind of know where I have to be coming back to that before answering your question is uh my parents always when I was a kid every decision my parents made about my future, my brother's future, about our future as a family uh, was kind of, you know, took time. Yeah. So every time I was wondering and I was asking I'm like, dad, why are you taking so much time? Like, mom, why are you guys taking so much time? It's like an easy decision. I think you should, you guys should pick this or that. Right. And my mom was like, you know, you have to weigh all the negatives and positives and think it, think it around and talk about it. And I was, didn't understand that. But when I got moved to the U S and lived by myself. You know, that's the time I realized that every decision matters Mm -hmm. that every decision you make will affect you in the future or affect you right away. So I think making those decisions and, you know, coming to Yukon and making decisions about hockey, like moving to the U.S., I like, just want to say thanks, like thank you to my parents and my family in general for doing that for me. Because, you know, it's a, it's a big decision to move your kid to the U.S. And I think uh, yeah. I'm really thankful uh, to them for doing that for me. And answering your uh, question about my goals yeah. is, um, obviously, hockey-wise, it's all about development now. Because uh, my rights, New Jersey Devils has my rights mm-hmm. for uh, three years. And, yes. you know, I think it's all about them. Whenever they think I'm ready, I'm going to come and play. And if they think I'm not ready yet, like after my second year or something like that, then I have to develop uh, at UConn. Right. And I think from now on, it's all about, you know, uh, giving all your best effort and uh, developing as much as you can. And I think college hockey can do that um, really well, especially UConn, because I think we have a great strength and conditioning uh, program mm-hmm. and really good coaches on the ice that can teach, teach me a lot.
3: Yeah. What, and what
2: academically, the- um, I think UConn is really sh- has really uh, has has a really strong uh, business school. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna major in uh, business management after my freshman year. Awesome. So I believe I can you know get my degree and learn a lot of new stuff for myself that I can use in the future.
0: That that's really great, Artem. I I love that. Um, you know, talking about again, you know, your development. One of the things that um, I would say is that the Devils really also are very big on drafting college guys. I think more than half of the prospects right now, including yourself, are playing college hockey, and it's important because I know that a lot of people get very excited about the junior leagues, especially you know up in Canada. You know, the OHL, WHL, QMJHL. But playing college hockey is just as good, and there have been a lot of great NHL players that have come out of colleges. So obviously, you know, the path that you're taking is a very, very good one. Um, and obviously, you know, it, again, you seem to have an idea as to what you want to do, you know, in college, which is important because, let's face it, not every person who goes to college knows exactly what they want to do right away. Sometimes it takes a little while, it takes a couple of things, but, but that's really good. And, and that's really impressive. Now, let's shift to the NHL draft, which was, you know, a little while ago, but still, it's still pretty fresh in your mind, I'm sure. Now, to be fair with you, Artem, didn't really know much about you before the draft started. No disrespect. You know, just, you know, it's later around picks and that's just how it is. But talk to us about your thoughts going into the draft. What were your expectations? What were the things you were being told? Like, what, what was your whole experience like before the draft actually started?
2: Um, You know, when the pandemic started and I'll go back to uh March I'd say mid-March uh we're playing games and we're we're getting ready for the national tournament for Shattuck and that's one of the reasons I came back to Shattuck is to win that national championship and obviously uh that not happening kind of um I guess I was a little bit little bit I'd say like sad you know just sad about it and maybe a little depressed that didn't happen because that's kind of that that was a I'd say that that was my final goal at Shattuck Mm -hmm to do to accomplish that
0: yeah
2: um and later on you know the draft was coming up and it was supposed to be like like it is June 24th to 25th fifth. 23rd 24th I think uh right. and in Montreal so I was really excited about it. I was I thought honestly for one point at some point I thought that we're gonna just you know quarantine for two weeks sit it out and then come back practice and play a national tournament and I'm gonna mm-hmm. have it uh Maybe have a chance to go and play uh, in the playoffs for Muskegon and juniors yeah. in the USHL. Right. And Then I'm gonna have the draft, which is gonna be awesome, you know. Uh, and after that, it got rescheduled, pushed back, and it got it's. And then the NHL said they're gonna have a bubble and play the playoffs in the bubble, yeah. uh, which uh, was kind of unusual. And then they set up a date, which was in October. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, and it was. It was kind of, I think it was in. It was July when yeah. I got that date, you know, that it's going to be somewhere like end of September uh, till beginning of October, they're yeah. going to set up a date. So me and my family just sat and, you know, it's nothing to worry about. No, nobody played hockey in that period, so right. I mean, nothing changes, you know?
3: Right.
2: So I just, you know, kind of wait. And obviously it's the hardest part is to wait. Right. Uh, when you're playing hockey, it kind of goes by quick and you don't even realize it. But well, mm-hmm. when you're sitting and doing nothing, that's when when it counts. Right. Uh, well, they have, you know, whenever it was the first round, uh, one of my teammates, uh, at UConn, uh, had a chance to go in the first round. So I was sitting and kind of rooting for him. Right. And I was, I caught myself on a feeling that if I'm that nervous for him, how am I going to be nervous tomorrow <laughs> right. when the day comes? So right. whenever, uh, Wednesday started mm-hmm. and, the uh, second to seventh round uh, started. Uh, I was in an apartment with my teammates just watching it and kind of, you know, pick by pick, getting nervous, you know, right. about it. But a lot of people told me that you, you don't have to be nervous. It's just uh, the right you, – you just need one team, you know. So my mindset going into the draft is was obviously in the back of your head, you're like, oh, it's good you better get picked earlier. You mm-hmm. want to get picked earlier, right. stuff like that. But um, knowing deep, deep inside, I knew that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you go. What matters is you need the right team to draft you. Mm-hmm. And it only takes one team to draft you. And that's it. That's your team. Exactly. Um. So whenever the fifth round came in, uh, I saw my name on TV, and I was just you know, really happy and really excited because it's a, you know, it's a one like once in a lifetime opportunity that comes to you. And plus having COVID circumstances, like a COVID draft, I right. think that's a once life in a lifetime opportunity ever to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen again. And being oh, a part of mind. that is special for me. Right. And being drafted by the devils, I was really excited because uh, New Jersey is kind of close to Connecticut. And I think, and maybe I can visit sometime soon Absolutely. and uh, take a look at the you know the locker room, the arena. Maybe mm-hmm. talk to some players. It's awesome, yeah. And and it it's just great. And it was kind of my dream since day one. You know how all the people dream about winning Olympics or something like that, winning a winning a Stanley Cup. My dream was pretty simple, I'd say, not as big. Uh, my dream. Me and my dad talked about it for for like a long time about just getting drafted. Doesn't matter where just get drafted. That's your dream. Yeah. So now get, uh, you know, I got drafted. So I've been thinking about it. Now I have to focus on another one, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, it's funny. You actually kind of answered the next question, which was, you know, I'm going to be like, what was your reaction to being drafted by the devils? But uh, you kind of answered it, which is great. And I really love talking to players about that moment when they see their name or they hear the commissioner say, it. however it goes down because I know how special of a feeling that is regardless of the sport. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, you know, in, not just in the NHL draft, but in the NBA draft, which ironically is coming up this, this week, I think Wednesday, this week, you, have, you know, the NFL draft, MLB, you know, whatever it is, to get drafted and to know that a team wanted you and wanted to use a selection on you is always a great thing. And I guess to kind of change my question from, you know, the one that I was originally going to ask to this one is this. Who was the first person from the New Jersey Devils that contacted you? Was it Tom Fitzgerald? Was it someone else? And if so, what did they tell you when they called you and told you about, you know, they selected you and what your what their expectations for you were?
2: Um, you know, talking more about that experience of getting drafted and seeing your name. Uh, and like you said, uh, that you didn't know who I am and so as many people, and I don't blame you guys because... <laughs> Playing prep school hockey, I don't think people pay pay much attention to it. Right. Uh, but I guarantee you it's a really good league where a lot of players are getting drafted from. As you saw in the draft, many players got drafted from prep school,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is a sign that that, like, kind of league is taking a little bit over. And there, many players get drafted to NHL. You don't have to play juniors to get drafted to the NHL, you know? hmm so coming back to your question, um, the first person that contacted me was Ryan Breen. He is the scout that I talked to in person in okay. my New Jersey Devils meeting. So that Great. was really kind of you know, um, I'd say exciting, but also I took it really to heart that that person, the same person I talked to in person, okay. because not a lot of teams. Um, I didn't take talk to a lot of teams in person because of COVID. Right. But I talked to a good amount. Uh, and one of them was New Jersey Devils. And it's good that the same person calls you and congratulates you. It says a lot about the organization. And
3: absolutely.
2: i that's the moment I knew that the Devils is a really good spot for me.
0: Yeah.
2: That now, they take care about their players.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can say that, um, you know, obviously I'm I'm only a fan and obviously, you know, a, a podcast and a host and everything, but I can say, with with, with certainty that, you know, the New Jersey Devils organization is one of the top organizations, not just in hockey, but in all of sports. Uh, You know, we we really try to treat our players and our staff with the utmost respect, um, you know, and and we do the best that we can. And, And I would say this from a fan standpoint, talking to you, Artem, is that it, you know, once you make the NHL and once you make your impact, you know, Devils fans will immediately love you. They will, they will be behind you 100%. They will, they will constantly be, you know, wanting to help you in any way they possibly can, uh, whatever whatever the situation may be. So I do hope you get the opportunity very soon to come to New Jersey and just check it out because it's a, great, it's a great hockey state. It's a great hockey state. You know, obviously you get to also be, you know, very close to New York. Um, you know, I guess my advice for you to be is to just ignore any Rangers or Islanders fans while you're there. Um, and don't let them say anything negative to you about New Jersey because it's a great state, regardless of what people might say. But, you know, we have, we, we have uh, many things that, uh, you know, we can offer you and, and we're very excited to see you, you know, not just playing in college, but eventually getting an opportunity to play New Jersey. And it would have been nice to have a development camp because you certainly would have been there with the rest of the guys, probably Alexander Holtz, probably the other guys that got drafted in your class. But, you know, obviously that's not the case. But nonetheless, you know, we know in the future we'll get a chance to see you play. And my last question to you, Artem, is simply this. Obviously, one of your goals is going to be to make the NHL at some point. There's no question about it. The question that I really want to know is this. Once you get to the National Hockey League, what are your goals?
2: You know, like I said, I take my dreams or my expectations against step by step. I don't set up long term expectations or goals for myself because I just think that setting up little goals and going step by step is better. Okay. For me, Uh, that's how my family did it. That's how I'm gonna do it. So I kind of completed my goal of getting drafted, and that's kind of that's in the past. Okay. But I think my next goal is gonna be. My little goal is playing my first game for UConn, obviously. And then after that, after I do that, obviously development is a big part, but it's not kind of a goal. It's just an expectation to develop as much as I can. But my next goal connected to New Jersey Devils is going to be playing my first NHL game. And obviously I can't wait till that to happen, but that's only going to happen if I put the work in and develop as much as I can. And if the New Jersey Devils trust me and think that I'm ready to play for them. So as soon as I uh, do that, I'm going to think about my next goal, but not yet.
0: No, I, I appreciate I appreciate the fact that you're taking it one step at a time. That's, that's really good. And uh, I'm sure you'll be able, you know, with the hard work that you've already put in, I'm sure you will definitely be able to achieve every single goal that you put in front of you. Artem, thank you so much for taking some time today to speak with us. Um, you know, we're really excited to see how you progress at UConn and how you progress within the New Jersey Devils organization. And hopefully next season, the 2021-22 season, we'll actually have a developmental camp and and we'll have a chance to actually see you in person. And one thing I will say to you, Artem, is this. If you want to get a really good taste of New Jersey, what you got to do is you got to go to Dinosaur Barbecue, which is across the street, from Prudential Center, which is your new home.
2: Uh, okay. Fun fact about that place. Yeah. Uh, when I was, uh, before leaving to uh, Europe to play for Alenca, to play in the Lincoln tournament for Team USA, we practiced in the Prudential Center. Oh, okay. Uh, we practiced there and we saw the, we, we actually dressed up in the New Jersey Devils locker room. There you go. And uh, saw a couple guys from the Devils. Obviously. And uh, the fun fact that right after practice, we went to that place and uh, had our kind of last meal before we uh, went to the airport there. So I remember that place. It's a good place. Really really good food. Yeah. Yeah, Welcoming people.
0: Yeah. And devil's fans, you know what I'm talking, you all know what I'm talking about. If you haven't yet, you gotta go. I know obviously we're in a pandemic, but if you still get the opportunity at some point, please go do so because it is the number one place in my opinion to go to before and also after, depending on if there is a day game or not, to go after Devil's Games. Well, Artem, again, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on today. We look forward to seeing you progress, and we will definitely have you back on later on this year after this upcoming season, which is obviously going to be a very interesting season, obviously, with it being still that we're dealing with COVID. But again, Artem, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Fun.
2: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Of course. So, once again, thank you so much to New Jersey Devils prospect Artem Slane. Again, it was a tremendous interview and we'll definitely have him on the podcast again, especially when we get towards the end of the college season. I believe he actually had a game uh, this past weekend as well. Uh, I believe they played Michigan or UMass. I'm not totally sure, but I will definitely be keeping an eye on Artem as he continues his journey to hopefully one day becoming a New Jersey Devil. Now, on to our second interview, and, you know, I've, I've said this before to you Devils fans that I want this podcast to not only just be, you know, for, you know, the Hockey Pod Network and, you know, for myself, but also I want to make this the, you know, the, the fan-based podcast. I want the fans to be interactive with me as much as possible I want to give them the opportunity to come on the podcast and talk about, you know, great memories that they have, you know, their journey to being a Devils fan and things that they do that involve the New Jersey Devils. And this special guest is definitely fits all of those categories as I had the pleasure of welcoming on a pretty well known guy in, you know, especially on Instagram with the tremendous designs that he makes using Photoshop and other things like that. His name is Victor. But a lot of you will probably know him on Instagram at NHL Devils. He's also at NHL Devils underscore on Twitter. He is a huge Devils fan. Interestingly enough, he hasn't been a Devils fan that long, but he still has a tremendous amount of history with the team. He makes some incredible edits. Again, please go on Instagram and check him out at NHL Devils on Instagram and see this guy is tremendous. He is one of the biggest, you know, New Jersey devil sources, other than obviously, you know, here, the devil state of mind podcast, but this guy is a tremendous person. It was great to talk to him. I consider him a really good friend and I really want you guys to enjoy this because I think that this kid has a lot of optimism about the team. You know, his talents for editing is tremendous and I want you guys to really check this out. So sit back, relax and enjoy another great interview this time with New Jersey Devils fan, Victor. Okay, Devils fans, we have another special guest for you. That's right, I'm bringing in a lot of guests this week. So this is an action-packed episode of the Devils State of Mind podcast. And today, we are welcome to, I would want to say, one of the biggest Devils fans that I know, and (laughs) somebody that is incredibly talented with the graphics that he makes on Instagram. You could follow him at NHL Devils Uh, I'm sure a lot of you Devils fans know him by now but if you're not it is a pleasure to welcome on my good friend Victor also known as NHL Devils. Victor welcome to the Devils State of Mind podcast how are you doing today my friend?
1: I'm doing phenomenal thank you for having me on it's my first podcast so I don't really know how this is gonna go
0: (laughs) Uh, but um, I'm excited. Yeah no we're excited to have you on Um, obviously you know you get, you get the pleasure of being you know, part of the same podcast interview as with uh, Artem Schlein, who I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, late, uh, earlier this week. And uh, you guys, you know, if you're listening to this episode, you just, you just heard that one. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. But uh, you know, Victor, I got a couple of questions for you because when I've looked at your Instagram and, and I found you, obviously, when I started my Instagram uh, for the podcast, I was blown away by how good you are with your graphics and how you put things out there. So I, I want to be the first to say that I'm a huge fan of yours.
1: Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I just love making content. I just love bumping things out for everybody. You guys keep me going. I really appreciate that.
0: Well, we're going to continue uh, to do that. And I like also on your bio that you st- that at least for now, you have the devil's tie for first place in the <laughs> Metropolitan Division.
1: Oh yeah, we gotta enjoy it while it lasts. It's right. gonna be a while before we're actually up there, though. I know that's, that for sure. We'll get there a, eventually,
0: without a doubt, without a doubt. So let's just jump into some questions. My first one, right off the bat, is simply this: How did you become a Devils fan? Because I always like to hear fan stories of how they became, you know, um, you know, a part of the team and why they love the Devils.
1: Well, originally I started off as a basketball fan when I was like okay. growing up young. I was a Brooklyn Nets fan for a while. There
0: we go. So am I. There we go. Oh, I'd love to hear it. And, and we got some, uh, we got some exciting news coming up or at least that's what I think. Oh yeah. It,
1: Harden potentially. Yep. That'd be good. Yeah.
0: I, I don't want it to happen, but that's me. But we'll, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. if it As long as happens. we don't
1: get rid of Kyrie or anything like that, I'm good.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll be good. But uh, yeah, continue
1: um but like I said I grew up a Nets fan I followed basketball still I've always have but um back in 2012 when New Jersey Nets actually relocated it Mm -hmm. was around the same time the 2012 cup final was so I saw that going on my parents led me to it and that's just when I really started to love New Jersey I love the character I love the passion we have and it's just a great organization
0: so, yeah, I mean, it's really the only team in New Jersey now that has the, 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 the state name in it. You know, obviously yeah. they have the New York Red Bulls, which are across, you know, across the river. Um, but, you know, they, they're called the New York Red Bulls. So we... Uh,
1: yeah, I love to rep New Jersey. That's where I've grown. That's where I'm living now. I awesome. want to rep New Jersey.
0: I, I absolutely love to hear that. I love to hear that. And so my next question to you is this. What was your first Devils game you ever went to?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure it was a devil's flyers game. I forgot exactly Mm, when the rivalry
0: game. There you go.
1: I do remember since I was so young, I actually had like tubes in my ears. Mm. so I had really sensitive hearing Mm -hmm. and Kovalchuk scored a goal. Mm. And my dad told me that I started crying at the first goal. And when I finally calmed down, I, he scored again. So
0: (laughs) nice, nice. (laughs) That was the whole sequence. Yeah. Well, that's uh. That's the beauty of hockey. You know, it's, it's loud. It's boisterous. Hey, that was the only time though. That was the only time. (laughs) There you go. That's, that's important. As long as, as long as now you're used to it, that's important. That's the, that's the important thing. Now.
1: There's tears of joy when I hear the horn.
0: Absolutely. Even now for me, I I cry when we score because it doesn't (laughs) happen often, but maybe it'll happen more now uh, with, with the new, with the team that we have and the coaching staff, but we'll, We'll see about that. Now, my next question to you, to you, Victor, is this. Who is your favorite devil of all time? And who is your favorite current devil right now?
1: This is probably unpopular, but the whole reason I got into devil's hockey was because of Ilya Kovalchuk. Ooh. What? I know okay. that's unpopular, but when he was with the devils, he was a phenomenal guy. He was one of our big ones. When he left, heartbroken, screw gone. Right. Don't care about him anymore. Right.
0: My current Thank favorite
1: double now, I I used to think it was Jack Hughes, but now I think it's Mackenzie Blackwood because mm. like I love making uh, posters with Blackwood on it. It's just fun. Great yes. guy. Great character.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, for me growing up, it was obviously Marty. Um, I became a doubles fan uh, when I was five or six years old and, uh, you know, he was still playing and uh, he was the guy. And he's, he actually was the reason I, Decided to play hockey and became a goalie. So he was. Oh, a big, that's awesome! Yeah, and I've met him a couple times. He's one of the nicest people that you will ever meet. You know, if if any Devils fan out there gets a chance or has had the opportunity to meet Marty Berner, you know that this guy is, is just a great individual, and he loves the fact that he played for New Jersey and that he still lives in New Jersey, obviously. And that's uh, that's an important thing. My my current favorite Devil right now uh, is actually two. Um, I'm a big Jesper Brad fan. Loved him. Love ever Jesper Brad. Ever Top since he three. came to the NHL and was scoring three, four goals a night for the first like five games of the 17, 18 season, which was <laughs> unbelievable. And uh, also big fan of Nikita Gusev. Love that guy. My I friend Frank
1: he, loves Nikita Gusev. He is a
0: Yeah. And I, I have high hopes for him this year. Uh, I saw that you, uh, you actually did a, did an edit uh, with him wearing uh, your concept. Um, uh, for, Inspired yeah.
1: from a backhanded devil.
0: Right, exactly, and uh, it's pretty close. It's pretty close to what we're. The only difference, I guess, is that the red shoulders on the um, is what we're getting, but that was to be expected. I think. I think. We, I really
1: like the red shoulders. I didn't expect them to go that route, but once I saw the teaser, yeah. I was really into it immediately.
0: Yeah, I I knew that this was going to be good. I know a lot of Devils fans wanted want still want a red and black or like an all black, and I'm telling people that it will come. It's just, you know, they got to do some stuff. The devils have to spend money on it, obviously, to actually get it done. It will happen. I just, you know, it'll happen in the next two years probably. Because if we we went down this route and you're hearing everybody saying we want a black jersey, I think most likely that's going to end up happening.
1: I feel like it's the only way we should go now. We've experimented so much with the green colors now, our classic colors, our heritage. But um, a black alternate just seems the most likely route from now. Yeah. Well, from this point forward, at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I've always said that I felt that the Devils should go back to the red, green, and white permanently as their, you know, new full-time uniforms. I permanently. Mean, a, yeah, I know that's an unpopular opinion with most, but a couple of the guys that I work with um, at the Hockey Pod Network, they also agree with that because, honestly, those colors look tremendous, in my opinion. And uh, when I was at the stadium series game, uh, when the Devils played the Rangers back in 2014 oh, at the stadium, man. Lucky. to which I got frostbite and saw the team lose by a lot, uh, but we won't talk about that. Um, I said to my dad, I said, I don't know why the Devils don't wear these all the time, because these are cool. And then when they brought the um, the Heritage ones, what, two years ago? I was like, this is great. Only to find out that we can't win a game wearing them, for whatever reason. <laughs> can't explain it.
1: What are we, like 0-7 with them? 0-8?
0: 0-8, uh, yep, because we've oh. had them for two years, and we haven't won. And I know fans don't want them because of that reason, but... Let's just, let's give it some time. Let's see what happens here. Let, let's hopefully this season. Yeah. Hopefully. We got to, you know, fingers gotta, crossed. It's called the reverse retro. So maybe our fortunes will reverse in the other way.
1: So. Maybe we'll go seven and no.
0: Ah, or, or, you know, how about we just win every single game? That's just every single game. That would be if great. only
1: we could, if, if it was only that it was easy. Possi-
0: right. If only it was possible. So my next question to you, uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about you. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, your, I would call it your gift in editing you know, and doing these graphic designs, which again, Devils fans, if you got an Instagram search NHL Devils, look this man up and you will be amazed at some of the things that he does. <laughs> like I have probably saved on my Instagram half of the things you've made because I'm just blown away by them. I, I love them. The one that really caught my eye first was, um, I think it was when you did a did a screenshot or I guess to call it Photoshop of, um, uh, Bruce Springsteen back in September wearing a Devils jersey. I said, "Oh yeah, that looks that looks like he's actually wearing it."
1: Even though he wears a Rangers jersey the other night. But um, yeah. besides that, yeah, that was a really fun one to make. I love doing jersey swaps. I've always been trying to get better at that. That's just like one of my top. Uh, I wouldn't say like, what's the right word to look for? Um, qualities maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah we thought yeah, that. I'd say. yeah I, mean, I also
1: did um a Seattle Kraken swap, which took like forever.
0: I saw that. yeah uh, but P. I got K. that Subhan. done on yeah. the
1: same day it was revealed, so I'm pretty happy about that one too.
0: Yeah, and it looked great. and I mean, you you have a tremendous following. A lot of people um certainly appreciate you know your talents as as well as I. Can you talk to us more about what you know got you into doing stuff like that with Photoshop and also just you know, wanting to do it with the devils other than obviously being a fan of the team
1: well as i grown up i've just always like looked at I, lo- I went to devils games and i'd always just see like the paintings on the walls and the, the halls and then like all the animations on the board and i thought how can i do that like how is that even possible mm-hmm. so like i just went on youtube i went i put in the work myself i did what i wanted to do and now i'm here yeah i've just been doing it for the past three and a half years now I'm almost been doing the page for two years. That's coming up in uh, about like a month and a half. So time flies, I guess.
0: Time flies when you're having fun. There is no question about that. For sure. Um, you know, obviously you did, you've done a lot. You've done a lot and it's tremendous to see you continuing to do things. You create wallpapers, which is phenomenal. Uh, even, you know, NHL wallpapers. Um, there was one that you did that I really liked. It was actually the Patrick Kane one that you made about you know a while ago oh yeah
1: that was like a year ago yeah it's
0: it's just 60 weeks on my i've been wanting to update
1: those for so long
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you know and look you know the season's coming up soon so i'm sure you'll get an opportunity to do to do more of those so definitely um, but again you know it's obviously tremendous to uh to see that and i remember you know when you said on one of your stories that you know would love to be on the podcast i said the fact that he opened the door, I'm like, I gotta get this guy. I'm, I'm here I didn't. I didn't
1: expect a yes immediately. I was just saying it as well, a joke, but I'll take I, that. As I tell <laughs> doubles
0: fans here on the podcast every single week, this podcast is not just for me, but it is for everybody. It is a group effort here, ladies and gentlemen. We are all, we are a collective group. We are a diehard fan base, and we want to. You know, I want to work together with all these guys to to give you out the best content I could possibly give to talk with you guys about our New Jersey Devils. Reach. So, so Reach. My, my next question to you, Victor, is this. Let's talk about, let us talk about the moves that the Devils have made this off season, because I've heard from, I've talked to people, you know, who are, you know, scouts. I've talked to guys like Greg Wyszynski last week about, you know, his his thoughts on it, but I want to get a fan's perspective because sometimes, you know, it's it's easy to get those opinions, but it's I always like to hear fans because sometimes they give really honest opinions, which I love. So looking at the moves the Devils have made, you know, getting guys like Corey Crawford, Andreas Johansson, uh, getting um, you know Dmitry Kulikov, getting a bunch of other guys, is there a move that the Devils have made this year that you are most impressed with, or you know, is there a bunch of them? And and overall, how do you feel Tom Fitzgerald has done so far? as the general manager of the New Jersey Devils.
1: I've always loved Fitz from the start. As soon as he took the position and he started get going, I was automatically impressed. The fact that he got Crawford, he's still going strong. He was playing for Chicago as one of the worst defenses. And now we got him and Blackwood, so we can split that perfectly between yeah. the two of them. And then um, with Kulikov and getting Mueller out, I love that as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it think was- everybody wanted Mueller out at this point.
1: We just gave him too many chances, I believe.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I just, it's it's an unfortunate thing because I'm the type of person that, like, always wants, you know, whoever's on the team to do well. But at some point, it was just like – You got to let him go. You got to let him go, so.
1: I think we should have done that last year, but I'm just glad we got it done now.
0: I do agree with that.
1: But um, what else have we got here? Um, we got Kulikov. Kulikov, yes. And then um, – oh, I'm having a brain fart.
0: Brian, we got Ryan Murray. Ryan up.
1: Murray, yes. I love that one. Fifth Which, round pick, Steele. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we, love we that addition
1: up. as well. I just can't complain about any of the additions. I can only talk about more of the subtractions. Yeah. We lost Rooney. We lost Mermis. I think we should have kept Mermis and Rooney because I think they're both great depth. But yeah, um, You're a
0: fan of Rooney, aren't, are not you?
1: I know, it's unpopular. You're the first person
0: I met because usually people don't like nice guys.
1: Kevin Rooney is awesome. I love him. Great personality. And for Binghamton, I think he would have been phenomenal. I mean, sucks. He went to the Rangers. Screw him now, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I think that I think the issue with Rooney was that I think the Devils wanted to keep him, but they weren't willing to give him another bottom six role. I think that like what you just said, you know, playing at Binghamton, but I think Rooney has played too many games in the NHL to where you would say this guy is still an AHL player. Yeah. And now we
1: have guys like Koukkanen and Merkley and Boquist coming up, McLeod, Bastion. We got to make space for those guys.
0: Absolutely. And I think we're going to see a handful of those guys at some point this season, Uh, even though it's going to be a short year, I think we're still going to see a lot of them.
1: Yeah. I think I'm. I think we're going to get at least 60 games. I think 60 games is realistic.
0: Well, Pierre Lebrun tweeted out about an hour ago saying that basically the consensus is, is that 60-game season starting January 1st, that's what we're looking at. But again, okay. nothing is still confirmed. And we're, we're doing this recording on November 17th, 2020, and we still have no idea when the season is starting.
1: Yeah, everything is still speculation practically.
0: At least we know when the NBA is starting. We know that. I mean, we got that one. That's December twenty second, right? Twenty second, yep. The uh, Ooh, Martin baby. Luther King Day, I believe. Lee Martin Luther King Day. Could be wrong. I could have sworn that was it, but nonetheless. Um, speaking of basketball, I did also see that you did back on October first. You did a uh, New Jersey Nets slash Devils jersey warm up. I guess it's a warm up or uh,
1: damn, you're really pulling out everything,
0: aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm like a fan here. I'm talking to you. Know, I'm talking to you as a fan of, of your work, and I'm saying. If they could make a warm-up jersey like that, that is awesome. I hope that they do that down the road.
1: I didn't even know they had that tie-dye jersey, and as soon as I saw it, I had to do it.
0: Yeah, well, they just I brought it back. I've never done anything like yep. that,
1: so it was a challenge.
0: They're bringing it back as an, ult- well, as I guess what they call it, a city edition jersey. Yeah. So, Well, we got Kyrie Irving now, so I guess, I guess that makes sense. Um, but it's about time they did that, because I felt like, you know, the Nets were never going to acknowledge the fact that they played in New Jersey, but... You know it is what it is it is it is what Ease it is what it is it is what it is but uh let's continue on here my, my next question to you is this what do you what do you what is your outlook on the current state of this devil's team you know like what are your expectations where do you see the devils you know finishing um you know even if it's too early you know give me an idea as to what what you want to see and what you expect from the devils in this season
1: this season I have no – my expectations are kind of, like, all over the place. I feel like the Devils could really surprise a lot of people if they make a bit more moves now. I feel like the Devils need more help in their top six, top nine. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, I want those young guys to come up like Boquist, Quoken, and Merkley. But um, it's really make or break. I want to see these young guys prove themselves. I want to see everybody working hard. I just want to see this brotherhood start to form because this is the future. We got Jackson. We got Blackie. We got Nico. Yep. got Pavel Zaka still coming up. We got uh yeah just Zaka.
0: yeah I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm indifferent about him. But and, I mean, a
1: lot of people are. Look, I, I like mean, to stay confident in him. I've seen I, flashes. I think he could still come out.
0: I've, I've said this before. When the Devils hired Mark Recchi, I said, you know, Mark Recchi, when he was interviewed uh, by Amanda Stein, you know, for the Devils podcast, he said the first player he mentioned was Zaka. Like, oh, we got to yeah. get him going, and I'm like. Since when does anybody say that? Like, I never heard someone say, Oh, we got to get Zaka going now. And I'm like, Wow.
1: I mean, he's not wrong. We really do got to get him going. He's, <laughs> yeah. How many years now? Uh, four, I think. Four?
0: Well, also, yeah, something I think like that. Michael McLeod needs to score a goal. Like, yeah. I want him to score. He because... almost
1: scored one, but then it just deflected off someone's butt, right?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and he has no luck. He's, he has the worst luck when it comes. Like, he comes in, plays really well. But he can't score, and it's not even his fault. Like, he gets shots on net, but he gets like, it gets blocked, it gets deflected by someone else. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, when he scored against Arizona and they said it was his at first, I was freaking out because I'm like, oh, thank God he finally scored. And they said, nah, it deflected off. Brad. I know, I was watching and I'm that like, live. all right, sick. Yeah, but it's rough. Um, I actually just got some news just now. Um, apparently, last night or earlier today, whatever time it was, Alexander Holtz, the first-round selection of the Devils this year, got the game-winning assist on Garden's yeah. overtime goal, and he got the assist passing the puck to former New Jersey Devils shootout legend himself, Jakob Yosefsson, or Jacob Yosefsson, however you want to say it. But, uh, you know, there's a little bit of uh, Devils news for you guys, and it's a nice pass. If you haven't seen it, I actually um, I tweeted it out about an hour ago. Um, on the devil's Twitter at Devil's state. Uh, if you want to follow me there on, on Twitter. Um, I think I actually just followed, followed a bunch of people. So, uh, if you got my follow, um, that's one of the few podcasts you're going to get a follow from, uh, for now, but, uh, just want to, like I said, it's, this is a fan's podcast. This is for everybody. Everybody's involved. So if anybody's got questions or ideas, let me know. I will, I will do what I can, but, um, my next question to you, Victor, is this. What player, because I asked Greg Wyszynski this question too, what player or players do you have the highest expectations for going into the season?
1: Immediately when you said that, I think Nico sure. Mm. I think this is his breakout year. I feel like he's going to really prove a lot of people wrong. I think he's really going to prove himself to be a leader, and I think he might get that C in the next year or two.
0: Okay. Okay. Is there anyone else, or would Heisher be like that main guy that you say has? Heisher's
1: that main guy. Some other people I could see: um, Zaka, Boquist, on the defensive end, maybe Ty Smith. I think he can make the team this year. I think for sure he can. Okay. okay. So maybe he might show up in the bottom six.
0: All right. Uh, Who
1: else? Kulikov, I think, could really bounce back too.
0: Yeah. I mean, Kulikov is a guy that could be on our. I mean. It could vary with him tops, top four, bottom four, doesn't really matter. And I think he can contribute. And I know speaking to Winnipeg Jets people, they were upset that he, that they could not keep him because they really wanted him. And I'm thinking to myself, well, geez, you know, if we have Kulikov, does that mean that we could use him in a trade to get Patrick line? because they need defense and they miss Kulikov. Already? <laughs> I'm like, Hey, yeah, let's throw it May out it there.
1: Perhaps,
0: perhaps one, one, you know, you know <laughs> for line i I'll take that. Um, but obviously I'm looking forward to seeing Kulikov. You know, Ryan Murray as well. Uh I love Ryan
1: Murray edition. That was one of my favorites.
0: And analytically, I'm hearing nothing but like this guy is a stud. He he just can't stay healthy, is what I'm hearing.
1: Pretty much. But, I've watched Ryan Murray play. Like I've I like Columbus a lot. Like they're one of my favorite teams.
0: I know you were I know during the, the um the, the I guess you call it the bubble, you were you were really big on that uh on those columbus blue jackets i mean i was too i wanted them to beat tampa again just for just for the memes but uh, yeah unfortunately we were denied this time around for sure they beat toronto so it's all good
1: i really love how they got max domi now he's my favorite player outside the devils
0: you got max domi unbelievable and like i I still can't believe that because i remember the Devils for josh anderson yeah i was like (laughs) you need to tell me like and i said i said Josh Anderson is equivalent to Pavel Zaka. We could have gotten Max Domi from Pavel Zaka. As- <laughs> we could have done it. But and how Berge- much
1: is Josh Anderson getting paid now? A like, lot. A lot.
0: It's just a lot. But like Mark Bergevin likes that, you know, Montreal decor. So he likes to uh, dabble in that from time to time. And, uh, and it's what makes-
1: Montreal needed, to be fair. Montreal needed a player like Josh Anderson. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. They needed, they needed to get a little bit more... Um, I don't know what the right word, like physical, I guess would be the right word. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's a good move um, regardless. Now, let's talk a little bit about rumors, Victor, because obviously everything's kind of died down now. Uh, You know, free agency, you know, the big free agency is coming on. Not much trade rumors. It's more about now, like when the season is going to start. But once again, I am hearing that the Jets are continuing to talk about Patrick Laine and wanting to figure out what they want to do I think they want to have something done one way or the other before the season starts I don't sure. think they I, want it, to have Patrick Laine
1: is either going to get traded before the season or he's going to get signed before the season I don't see him getting traded or anything like that after the start of the season
0: yeah I'm with you 100% now my question to you is this because I know that you like to have mock draft Mondays uh, or at least you were doing that for a little while which I you know, i don't like, like
1: for, doing those usually now i just do those because it's a lot of engagement
0: no, people no. need to
1: come up with better mock well, trades
0: some of them some of them are like i think i saw one where it was like zaka for what was it lining and i'm like here, i can yeah, read
1: out a few yeah
0: go ahead was, please please let's uh let's roast some people while we're while we're doing this today hmm.
1: all right let's go to the third all right here we go from gianni mikazi
0: oh it Here was a
1: trade for Fabian Zetterlin and a seventh round pick for Johnny Boychuk and Oliver Walmström.
0: Yeah, that seems fair. So yeah, seems a cap dump
1: fair. and two seventh round picks.
0: Oh my God. That was, <laughs> that was rough. I was like, I, I watched some of these and I'm like, do people, do people not understand how trades work? Like, I, you know, it was weird. It was people weird. just
1: They think this is EA Sports.
0: Uh, there were some other good ones. I think there was one. Let me see. Oh, this one was great. Miles Wood and a 2021 second-round pick for Joe yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm I, reading that if, one right now. <laughs> if that happened, I would have lost my, you know.
1: Who wouldn't? Are you kidding me? That, th- that would break the NHL.
0: The only one that I saw from these three that I kind of was like, this makes sense in a way, was the Jesper Boquist and a 2021 third-round pick for Mackenzie Weger, which – I think Weger just signed a deal, did he not? He
1: did. Yeah, Weger just signed with Florida. He right. said he didn't want to be traded.
0: Right, and he was like, yeah. And, I mean, look, that's the same thing. You know, a lot of players say that, but uh, I guess uh, Florida finally did something smart. So good for them.
1: Yeah, they locked him down for uh, three or two years, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Weger would have been a nice addition had the Devils been able to get him. He would have been Definitely. a solid addition. I think, would I think have been we
1: still need level. a little help down there in the D pairings.
0: I still think that we'll see a lot of younger players on the defense this year. I think that, I think that's how uh, Fitzgerald wants to do it, but I could be wrong.
1: I would love to see him get another addition in free agency, but I'm not really sure what other additions we could get for young talent, at least that are in free agency at the moment. Maybe think, a, a offer sheet should be in the mix soon for Vince Dunn.
0: I, I you know who, who's <laughs> I mean look, like Sergachev is still available to do an offer sheet, but I, I just.
1: I don't think we should go for Sergachev. I wanted them to go for Sergachev, but I don't think we should anymore.
0: I mean shoot, I mean Montreal threw out an offer sheet for Sebastian Aho and nearly got that done. I mean they were right there, they nearly got it. I mean they were right there and then That's true. Hurricanes were like, No, you you're not taking Aho from us. But um but yeah, I mean there's a lot of moves I think the Devils could make. It's just a matter of like Fitzgerald's going to play the waiting game and just wait for someone to make a mistake. And then he's going to pounce on it. Like he's been doing basically. So if, if the jets come calling, you know, and saying, Hey, well, we only want so-and-so for line eight Fitzgerald might just be like, yeah, sure. Why not? But I don't think he's going to take them if he can't secure an extension. Like um, here's an example. If everybody remembers when, John Gabriel Pajot got traded to the island.
3: Mm, Seconds after
0: he got traded, he signed a six-year extension. Yeah. Like if the Devils were to get Line A, that's what I want. I want the Devils to get on Line A, and then we sign him to an extension because I've said it before. He's 22 years of age. He's younger than I am. And he fits the mo- he fits the whole age group that the rest of the team is trying to follow. So or they could just wait till free agency and just see how it goes. So what I'm
1: thinking, though, what would be a good package for Patrick Lani? Because they still need that scoring. So would they involve Kyle Palmieri and maybe, like, a top-tier prospect?
0: Yeah, I would throw in. Honestly, I hate saying this because I like the kid. I think he has the ability to do something. But I think you'd have to throw in someone like Nolan Foote.
1: Oof, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And that's tough because Fitzgerald just got the kid.
1: Yeah, we didn't even – Tampa didn't even get to – try out no one foot either
0: i mean i don't know if they're throwing a michael mcleod or something like that and maybe another pick i, I don't know like because they're also talking about they want defense and it's like well the devils are screwed in that department unless we give up Severson. Much. and i'm like severson uh i hate saying this is the best defenseman this team has right now
1: unfortunately
0: and that's not saying very much but nonetheless nonetheless uh one guy that i would say that I'm interested to see play this year if he gets an opportunity. It's Colton White, who the double signed to a mm. one year deal. Uh, $700,000 in the NHL, and I believe $90,000 in the AHL if he plays yep. down there. i got to tell you, Victor, this kid has some potential. I don't know what it is, but every time I see him play, he just seems to be always in the right position, like d- defensively. He always seems to know where he needs to be.
1: I've gotten to watch him play. He is in the right – you're 100% correct with that. He's always around. I think he plays phenomenal. It's just he gets thrown around by everybody. Mm. Like the first time I watched him play, he was getting body checked everywhere.
0: Mm. Yeah, actually, you're actually, you know, he's a—he's still considered a prospect in my opinion because he's still relatively young. Yeah, um, he
1: hasn't—he hasn't even played that many games, right? Right,
0: and he played. He came up with the Devils during the eighteen-nineteen season when we were, you know, injury-depleted and blowing three-goal leads per night. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, we were doing the next year too. But, last, but that year was when it really kind of started. Uh, but he played, and I think he got a couple points, or at least one. I he remember. played
1: six games. He didn't get any points, though.
0: I could have sworn I thought he got to maybe I think it was Santini. But, you know, anyway, Santini is not on the team anymore. Yeah, he's gone. Matter of fact, I don't even think he's on the Predators anymore. Yeah,
1: he's a free agent. They oh. bought him out.
0: Might as, well bring him, might as well bring him back and make him in the AHL. It um, hey,
1: doesn't hurt. I'm
0: Welcome a big fan. back, Stevie. But, uh, Victor, my next question to you, my friend, is this. Who is the who, in your opinion, is the most exciting prospect that you're like really pumped to see in the future?
1: I'm a huge fan of Tyce Thompson. I love Tyce Thompson. Tyce
0: Thompson, that's that's the first. That's it. really tell me about that. No, tell me more. I want to hear this.
1: All right, so Tyce Thompson, he had a great freshman year in the NCAA with um, Providence, and in his second sophomore year, tore up the NCAA, led the league in scoring. This kid's going to be a great goal scorer. He plays center. He can play wing two. He's going to be big, I feel like.
0: That's You know, you're the first person. Like, I've heard people talk about him, but never to the point where they say, like, he's the most exciting, um, you know, player or prospect. Uh, For me, for me, actually, it's got to be one of the many Ottawa 67 players that this organization has, and that is Graham Clark.
1: Yeah, Graham Clark.
0: Let me tell you something, folks. This kid's got a shot. This kid's got a shot. I mean, he has – we talk about Alexander Holtz having a tremendous shot. This kid Clark, you give him a chance to shoot the puck, nine times out of ten, he's going to bury it. He's really – like, I'm really excited about him. I don't know what his contract situation is. I think he's signed. I could be wrong. Not totally sure, but – you know, before Clark, it was actually Mitchell Holscher, but unfortunately, we decided to yeah, not see him. Yeah, he got let go, which pissed me off. And I don't know if he got drafted because I know he was eligible to be drafted again. I don't know if he got drafted. I could be wrong. I'm
1: pretty but, sure he didn't.
0: But uh, I mean, shoot, we could still we could still bring him back if he wants to if he wants to come back. But I will tell you guys, Graham Clark, watch out, guys. And he's gonna wear 92 when he gets to New Jersey. I'm telling you guys that right now. He's gonna wear a nice number. <laughs> It's gonna look so clean and he's gonna score thirty-five goals a season. I'm booking it right now.
1: Oh I like that.
0: I also I I also am a big Yanni Kwokin fan because I'm telling you, I think this kid is special.
1: He is special.
0: I think that kid he's those four
1: games he played, he impressed me so much.
0: And he's kicking ass over in Europe right now. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's call it like it is. And uh, you know, also Sharon Govich being like honestly one of the best players in the KHL. He's he's leading the league
1: now, right? He has twelve.
0: I think he has 14 now. He scored two no way last week. What? I believe he has more. I could be wrong. Let me but check. I, it seems like he scores every single night. Um, also, random thing here. Uh, uh, this is a message for Twitter. Stop trying to be Instagram and have stories because this is stupid. What you're doing is stupid. And if you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, fans, go. If you have a Twitter, just look. Just look at the new update. It's terrible.
1: I hate the new Instagram update.
0: And the new Instagram also. The Both only of them app, suck. The only app that seems to be normal is Snapchat now, and that's saying something. Saying something. That's saying something. Like <laughs> that's
1: <you>. saying, something.
0: <laughs> saying a lot. But, uh, oh, even my boy, uh, Puck Report NHL is using this. Love story. that
1: man. Uh, let me tell you He's guys. He's my
0: guy, Puck Report. Puck Report, honestly, and NRD Rumors, those two guys, they know what they're talking about. I know that they don't have blue check marks. They should. But I'm telling you guys, they know what they're talking about. Their rumors are true. Their rumor, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and they have a lot of fire. Let me tell you that. So let's just keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun season. Um, you know, to go back to one of the questions I asked you, Victor. Um, for me, the guy that has the highest expectation for me is just for Boquist. Really? Oh right. yeah, yeah. I think this kid. To take that next step he's an offensive type of guy I think he's still very high in the devil's organization mm-hmm. he just got called back from his loan which uh kind of makes me wonder why that is I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that he got called back but I, I think the devils really really think that this kid has the opportunity to become a really good player on this team for sure he
1: was doing great yeah. with uh team right he had 10 points 13 games Ooh. Um, and,
0: and he was doing well when he was in Binghamton. Every time he yeah, got set back down, he scored. eleven points and nineteen.
1: Yeah, eight he was, goals. He
0: was not playing. bad at all. He's playing very well. He's playing very well. Now, Victor, my last question to you, my friend, and once again, thank you so much for taking some time. Here. Thank, thank you too. so much for having me, man.
1: yeah, I, I of course, had such a great time.
0: Yeah, my last question to you, Victor, is this: What would be your message to Devils fans going into this season and going into the future?
1: Get hyped. Get excited because this is devil's hockey. We're finally getting back to normal. It might seem slow now, but once we're there, we're passionate.
0: Let's show them what we got. That's what I, hey man, that's what I like to hear. Let's let's get excited, folks. I, I started a hashtag on Twitter called The Future is Bright because guys, I'm telling you, if we just stay patient, especially with you know good management, you know, solid ownership, I think that Harrison Blitzer um are doing better than they were before. I think they're improving, they're learning. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we have the opportunity to really make some big strides, even if it won't look like it right away. I think we got some, uh, really exciting times coming up, uh, in the future. Uh, I'm not going to say, uh, now we rise cause that ain't happening again. Yeah. Not going <laughs> again. Uh, we're not the ones either. Um, let's just go, let's just, uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what the devils are going to use as their, uh, their mantra. This I week. have
1: one that I've been using and I've been trying to push it. I They'll think we should born in red.
0: Born in right there we go that's a good one that's a good one that's a good one um, I
1: love that one I,
0: I'm still a big fan of adding Jersey into something because I, I just want people to say this is Jersey's team I don't care if you're from the North Central New Jersey which yes it does exist and anybody who says it doesn't is a liar um, <laughs> you tell them I'm from Central Jersey so I'm I,
1: from Central Jersey too I'm from it's I'm, real I can tell so, you
0: I'm talking from Little Silver New Jersey so everybody so you know that's a central part of New Jersey Victor big up Williams. Somerset somerset uh who just got the yankees um somerset patriots now are part of the yankees organization so congratulations to them one of my favorite baseball teams of all time so congratulations to those guys but central jersey exists um, i'm not going to do the pork roll and taylor ham thing because i don't want my computer to crash while having a debate um <laughs> but i will just slip in there and say it's pork roll and leave it at that uh, taylor pork roll there we go but uh you know whether you're from north Central or South Jersey, this is your team. Um, unless you're like really close to Philadelphia, which is like, you know, yeah, go ahead. Be a Flyers fan. See if I see if I care, which, I mean, I kind of care, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> you know, there's some good times, Devils fans. And, uh, you know, we have great people like like Victor here that come on and talk to us. And uh, it's great to have Devils fans like myself that are super excited, super optimistic. And Victor, before I let you go, my friend, and I do this with all my guests, talk, tell tell the folks at home where they can find you on social media. And also, can you talk to us about some projects that you're doing in the future?
1: Well, if you want to get in contact with me, if you want to drop a follow, say hi, or just talk. um, My Instagram handle is NHL Devils, and my Twitter's the same, except it has an underscore at the end of it. And um, some recent things I've been working on, I'm going to start streaming on Twitch soon. So that's really fun. Uh, I'm thinking about playing Cold War, uh, doing franchise mode, just doing what I want. But um some other things that may be going on. I've actually been working on power prospects while we've been doing this. Okay. S- so expect that in the next like day or two depending on when this goes. All right. And um yeah, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Awesome, man. Well, again, thank you so much my friend for coming on today. Uh So much for
1: having me, man.
0: We're definitely going to have you on again and uh, I look forward to I'd love
1: to-, to come back on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to the, the more creative posts that you're going to make over the next uh, handful of months and years to come. So thank you for so sure. Much. It's
1: only going up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's only going up from here. But thank you so much for coming out today. We really do appreciate it. I
1: have a great one, man. Thank
0: you. You too. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Piano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, Here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. And you'll see the devil's logo, and you can click on that. You could also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday. And we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Double State of Mind and you will find it. If you want to ch- follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Double State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils. And also in the bio of all those social medias, we have a link to the Devil's State of Mind website. Where there. You can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you wanna listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network Podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday, where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all of those. Again, it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents on YouTube where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just wanna support me, just go check that book out. It It chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!